Welcome to Equip This Church, Denise. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live at our city campus. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. They were having fun up there. You were having fun down there. It's good. Hey, uh, who's glad they're in church this morning? I'm uh, like, I'm praying we get to continually say that. Right? I'm glad I'm in church, meeting together, uh, encouraging one another, and uh, being being faithful to the Lord, and just 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 knowing His goodness. Knowing his blessing. You know, this morning, some of you uh, have been welcomed and invited along because uh, Jason Sargent is going to be ordained <laughs> as a pastor. And, and we're going we're, we're gonna to do that a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And, um, but I just wanted to, I want to I continue just talking about what I believe is really important and uh, in, in where we are as a community. And so before we get started, come on, let's open up our hearts. Let's, let's pray this morning. If you've never prayed, it's real easy. All you do is shut your eyes, and hopefully you're awake at the end of it. All right. Come on, let's all shut our eyes. You don't have to shut your eyes. That's all right. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your son. His name's Jesus and how he set us all free free from the penalty of our own sin, our own wrongdoings. And he did it because he loves us. You did it because you love us. And Lord, this morning, as, as we know that love and as we take that love and we receive that love, that unconditional love, Father, may we now be able to also give that. And so, Lord, as we open up our hearts and we say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done, Lord, we, we open our hearts up as well. And Lord, help us to be your hands and feet, help us to be an example. Lord, we fall short many times, but we thank you for your gracious love. And Lord, this morning, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit that's here. We bless you and we love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So I just have it on my heart. I, you know, there's so many conversations that I'm in right now. I, um, not, I'm just, I lead the church here with Desiree and and then um, I'm an overseeing minister for other churches around New Zealand as well. And, and I'm a part of the national leadership team of, of Acts Churches, our denomination. I, I share that because, not, not boasting that I'm a great leader or anything, I'm, I'm just saying that I'm in a lot of, a lot of uh, conversations. And, and with the, the environment that we're living in right now, obviously with COVID and all sorts of stuff that, that, that is, is coming. There's so many questions left, right, and center. It's, it's creating this, this like washing machine. Anyone feel like your brain is in a washing machine it's, or the dryer or whatever? I don't know if you've ever tried that, but please don't. But it just, there's this whirlwind and, 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 and there's, there's, there's good opinion on every single side. There's, there's conviction on every single side, and you're like, ah, what's going on? And, and I'm really committed right now because of not taking any sides, but believing and teaching as Christians a culture of, of, of that Jesus, I believe, created, where, where it's our culture is to love one another as Christ loved the church. There's, there's so many opinions, so many views. Ah, please don't tell me your view. Please don't tell me opinion. I just want to love you. Uh, and, and if you do tell me your opinion and you do tell me your view, I'm still going to love you. It's not that I don't want to hear it. 
But I just don't, don't campaign to try and get me on your side because I've got an opinion too. So if you want to hear my opinion, let's go for it. But here's the thing. It's not about our opinion. It's about our actions. And this morning, I just want to continue. I believe as Christians, or as even if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I believe as we take a, a, a view of who Christ is, and we'll learn how to continue to lead through every single different issue that's going to come up through life. Um, in in the Bible, it talks about one another's a whole lot. There's a whole lot of one another's. That's because we are a part of one another's. We've got friends and others and all that, and we're all, that's part of life. Um, the Bible also talks a lot about to prefer one another. Yeah. Who likes that one? Most of the time we like to prefer ourselves. <laughs> my view, my right, my opinions. But Jesus came to bring people together, not to divide. Yeah. And as a church, we've got to learn and continue to keep growing the maturity of bringing people together, not to divide. I love the fact that when I first came to this church, there was a couple of guys and, and they'd meet with me and have coffee and we will just not agree. I had a view, I had an opinion, they had a view, they had an opinion. But guess what? We were able to walk down the road after having our coffee, smiling, shaking each other's hand, giving each other a, a hug and just going, you know what? Okay, that's, I hear you. But it's about walking in love and grace together. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to, unity is not uniformity. Yeah, You've probably heard that before. If you haven't, I heard it from someone else. In Romans chapter 13, let's grab some Bible. I've got a little bit of Bible here this morning. Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 13. Verse 8, I want to concentrate on this for a little bit. It says, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. Owe nothing to anyone else. Don't owe them your opinion. Don't owe them your view. Except loving them. And in your workplace, who's, that, who, who's got a person in their workplace that is just that person? None of, anyone who works for church, keep your hand down right now. Is that person who just rubs you the wrong way? They do this, they do that. There's that, hey, owe nothing to anyone apart from your obligation to love them. As a church, we've got to owe nothing to anyone apart from our obligation to love one another. See, it, I, I was just, we had e group the other day and we were talking and I just said, you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't take faith to follow the law. It takes faith to love your neighbor. See, or another way, it doesn't take faith to, to know the law. It takes faith to outwork the law. Yeah. And, you know, and Jesus says, love, love your neighbor as yourself. We've got to, I really believe we've got to continue building that culture yeah. to accept people's views, to accept their, where they're at, but, but bring people together in love and love and, and in our obligation to love. See, further down in Romans chapter 13, verses 13, it says, because we belong to the day, we must live decent, decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in darkness, wild parties, drunkenness, sexual promiscuity, and immoral living, or in quarreling and jealousy. See, we think there's a whole lot of things that we shouldn't be doing, and, and, and I agree with it, but did you know that quarreling and jealousy is in there as well? 
And, and, and then as the church right now, let's not be a part of quarreling or being jealous. Let's learn how to continue to, to receive people's viewpoints, to love them through it. it doesn't ha- we don't have to agree with each other, but we do need to love each other. Amen. I love the fact that I've had a number of conversations with people in and around the hot topics of the world right now, just saying, hey, well, what, how can we work it out? How can we just work it out so that you feel loved and we feel loved and we're working all this out together? Man, I don't want anyone to feel ostracized in the life of the church. We want to make sure everyone is welcome. See, I think one of the best ways that we can live our life is... In John chapter 13, verse 34, it says, So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. I love that description. Love each other just as I have loved you. What would Jesus do? I was brought up in the 90s. If I had one, I'd probably still wear a WWJD bracelet. What would Jesus do? Love each other just as I have loved you. Think about how Jesus loved people. When you read through the stories of Jesus, how did he love the uh, the lepers? How did he love Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I want to go and have lunch with you. Zacchaeus was the person, the tax collector. We heard about last Sunday night. Despised, all that sort of stuff. What about about the, 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 the Samaritan woman? Jesus went and had a conversation and she was coming out at midday, which was not the time of, of normally coming out to get water because of the, in the hot sun. But she only had to come out there because she was despised by other people because of the life that she was living. But Jesus just had a conversation with her. She's like, hey, oh, yeah, I understand. Yes, I know. Hey, well, here's the thing. The kingdom of God is near, and I love you. So what you need to do now is just go back, tell people, what, tell everyone what God's done for you. And she, they saw salvation come to that village. What would Jesus do right now? If you're uncertain how to respond or you're uncertain how to walk through different issues, get into your Bible and find out what would Jesus do. Are we all right? Yeah. All right. See, I like the, the moment. In, in John chapter 8, the story through 1 to 12, where a woman was caught in adultery. Many of you probably would have read this or heard of the story or understood it. And it's the moment where Jesus kneels down and draws in the sand. And uh, let, let, let me read it to you. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crown suit gathered and he sat down to teach them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, This woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? Here we go. What would Jesus do? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and he wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So they stooped down again. And all all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then, sorry, then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Don't, don't even, 
one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. Many people have preached on this topic, well, preached on this. And many people have come up with their, what did Jesus write in the sand? Here are, who's got opinions of what did Jesus write in the sand? Did he, point at, did he draw an arrow pointing at the people accusing? Did he write the name of the other person that was in adultery? Did he, you know, it's like, I don't, we don't know what he wrote, but I, I've got an idea. I've got my opinion this morning. Uh, my opinion of, see, uh, he, he wrote, he stooped down and he wrote something in the sand, okay? And then, and then they, they accuse again. They say, you know, then he stands up and they say, well, what's going on? I wonder if it was the first ever possible heart symbol. Because I reckon if he stooped down once, he would have drew this side. And then as he stooped down again, he might have driven, drew the other side. And then this is what you get. Come on. Ah, oh, this was the moment. All right. Everyone knows how to draw a heart in the sand. All right. But I wonder, I don't know what Jesus drew in the sand. I'm, I'm making it up. But Jesus stooped down twice and he drew, he drew something. And he st- stood up. Oh, where's it gone? And he stood up and he had a chat with them. And they kept demanding an answer. And Jesus stooped down again. I wonder today, do we, do we need to just do what Jesus did? Do we need to just be that person who stood with that person? He says, hey, I don't know. There's a whole lot of people accusing you. But here's the thing is I don't accuse you. And this morning, if we understand love and if we understand grace, and if we understand to look at who we are ourselves, see, see Jesus says, he says, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. See, sometimes it's more important to have a look at our reflection, or what, what's going on in the inside of us before we cast stones at other people. We don't understand what, what people's point of views are. We don't understand sometimes what challenges they've been through in their life or, or, or any situation. But what we need to do is we have to look at ourselves and think about how we should be responding. I like what he says here is when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. I was reading that and I was like thinking about it as like, I'm still young, I think. <laughs> but a word stood out to me as like, or something happened in this, if you put yourself in the context, it, it says here that the oldest people left first. See, I, I think the oldest people left first is because the oldest people have been through some stuff. They've figured out some stuff in life. They're like, oh, actually, yeah, Jesus is right here, people. You know, they've, they've experienced a whole lot more situations than what a younger person has. You know, so, and, and even though I'm a different person to who I was when I started pastoring 12 years ago, a whole lot different. But see, as we get older and as we grow in maturity and we read our Bibles and we go through situations, the Lord teaches us how to respond to stuff. I want to I encourage you. Come on, let's grow in our maturity. Grow in our maturity of our love for one another, learning how to work through situations in life. Amen. See, there's whole lots of one another. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, 
Furthermore, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Can we do that? Out of reverence for Christ, let's submit to one another. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God uh, through Christ has forgiven you. Zechariah 7, verse 9. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Judge fairly and show mercy and kindness to one another. Philippians 2, verse 2. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together in one mind and one purpose. Second John chapter 5. I am writing to remind you, dear friends, that we should love one another. This is not a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. To love one another from the beginning. Church, can I encourage you? Let's grow in our maturity. Let's grow in our love for one another. Let's grow in our, our, our reverence for one another. Let's grow in our patience for one another. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. And may the Lord make, you love, make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. See something about, has any, have, have you ever been in a position where something's overflowed? Maybe you've put the plug in the bath and you've forgotten about it and you've come back and it's overflowing and it's going everywhere on the second story of your house. Now it's, you've figured it out because the ceiling underneath started raining on you. That's only happened uh, to me. Anyway, <laughs> here it's talking about let your love for one another grow and overflow. So there's, there's not a like, hey, okay, I've been there, done that, I've got the T-shirt. It's a culture of growing in our love for one another, in our pa pa patience for one another, in our grace for one another, in our peace for one another. The Bible says here, let it grow. Let, let, let it overflow. I really believe this morning, as, as you know, I've been talking to people, some people were saying, oh, I don't know what God's doing. I was like, I really believe what God's doing is trying to bring, bring people together. As much as there's like conversation and challenge and all that, it's about bringing people together in grace and peace and in love. Amen? Amen. In um, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says this, God has given each of you gifts from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. See, we can love one another. We've got to overflow in our growing for one another. But then you've got to know that God's empowered you and gifted you and graced you in areas to love one another. And this morning, I just want to, before we move on, I just want to, I just want to pray for us as a church. Because more and more, as I'm believing that the church has got to come together in love, grace, and peace to be able to be the feet of Jesus, to share the love of Jesus. Please, 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 I, I say stand up for your convictions. Totally stand up for your convictions. But don't argue. Just, just don't argue. Because it's not what Jesus did. Jesus went and had conversations one-on-one -on -one with people. Don't argue with people. Don't be a keyboard warrior. No, I'm probably going to get an email now. <laughs> but grace and peace. 
Love people. Go and find out what's going on in their world. Keyboard Warriors is not going to win. You're just not going to win. I just choose not to post anything on Facebook now because I can't be bothered with the Keyboard Warriors. No, I'd, rather, I'd love to have a coffee with you, though. I'm not going to shut anyone down. But let's have grace and peace for one another. The reason why I shared God has given each of you gifts from his great variety of spiritual gifts is because we're going to move into that moment where Jason gets ordained. And, uh, oh, sheesh. Um, Gifts. Everyone in this room is gifted. Everyone in this room has got different graces. And it's a real honor this morning to stand here with Jason, Tammy, and family. Um, Because it really have been, it's just been amazing how they've connected with Desiree and myself. And just how they've served over the last, I don't know, how many years have been here? Six. You're still here. All right. (laughs) Just over this last six years. Because there's a gift. There's a grace. Now, not everyone's got the same gift, praise God, because my gift's different to his gifts, his gift's different to Desiree's, Desiree's different to Tammy, different, and it goes on. You can, I wasn't singing up here like Hannah this morning. Different, everyone's got a different gift, but the, our gifts are there to serve. And this morning, as, as we ordain Jason, Jason's getting ordained because we're recognizing the grace and the gift that is on his life. No, not necessarily because as you get ordained as a, as a pastor in, in the movement is because you're there to be the senior pastor of a church. No, we're acknowledging the graces and the gifts that are on someone's life. And this morning we're here to acknowledge the gift that's on Jason's life. He is a, he's a phenomenal man and uh, he's, he's, a, he's full of faith, but he can organize stuff. He can do... You don't understand like, the what he adds into the leadership of the life of the church, is the, the synergy there is 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 a, is a is from heaven, and it's a gift from the Holy Spirit. And and uh, this morning, Jason and Tammy and those who would like to be up on stage, uh, who are connected to this somehow, not that you just want to be up on stage, <laughs> you never know. Jed's got his feather feet on. It's good. It's all good. So, Jason, um, we are we're going to ordain you in a minute, and I'm going to I'm going to read some stuff out of from uh, who we are as Axe Churches New Zealand. But um, I want to I want to read you a, a scripture. It's a very short scripture, and um, I think everyone will understand this. But in Psalms 125, it's about verse 4, it says, O Lord, do good to those who are good, whose hearts are in tune with you. Jason, you might be out of time with a whole lot of things. 
But if you can go through life not, not knowing how to clap, that's not, not going to be a problem. But I wanted to read this scripture because I really do believe your heart is in tune with God. And you're an amazing man of God. You're a man of faith. You're a man of diligence. You're a, you're a man that loves his wife and his children. And, um, you know, it talks about in the Bible, uh, an elder or an overseer should have a whole lot of these things, and, and you do carry them. And, and this morning, it is an honor and it is a privilege to ordain you. So I'm just going to read a, read a little statement. So Jason, today we recognize the calling upon your life within the Acts Churches New Zealand to become an ordained pastor within our movement. Do you accept this call with a deep sense of responsibility, being aware that one day you must give an account for your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you believe that the Bible is the sufficient and final authority in matters of doctrine and practice? And do you pledge, by the grace of God, to continue to develop your ministry in accordance with the Scriptures? Awesome. Well, Jason, as the movement overseer of this church and on behalf of Acts Churches New Zealand and the national leadership team, and in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I now anoint you with oil as a symbol of God's Holy Spirit and impart to you the authority and empowerment to fulfill this role. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just anoint Jason. And Father, as we lay hands on, as we pray this morning, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for his heart that is in tune with you. The ability to serve, the, the grace to, to, to think, and the grace to love, and the grace to lead. Father, I thank you right now that he'll know your voice. He'll know the authority. And I really do believe, Jace, continue to tune in to, to the Lord. Continue to know the authority that he's placed in you. And the power of the Holy Spirit. And continue to be you. You don't have to be anyone else. You just have to be you. We thank you, Lord, for the executive gifting that he has on his life and the grace to do all that stuff that is an amazing help and an amazing advantage to us here as a church. But, Lord, I thank you that his heart is in tune. And, Father, today may you know your, may you, may you know your grace and may you know your empowerment. And may you go in faith. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. Um, mighty God, I thank you for Jason, I thank you for Tammy, and I thank you for the kids. Lord, what a privilege it is to do life with them. And um, Holy God, I just declare that you are leading, you are guiding, and that um, in this, these coming days, there's going to be revelation from heaven that just rocks your world <laughs> in a really great way. I declare, Holy God, that you're going to speak words of truth, that um, Tammy and Jason, will it's like a launch pad um, into the next season, into all that you have for them, into unwrapping who they are and how you've created them to be. Um, the words that I got for you, um, Jace, when I was praying for you were, um, I've always said that your secret is humility and um, your secret is the genuine, um, authentic 
just personality that you bring to everything that you do. And I believe from that place, God can now add a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of knowledge. And there's going to be words of knowledge and words of understanding that you're just going to get like a download from heaven that you get to breathe into situations and you get to speak into those situations. And it will truly bring shift and change. And um, I was thinking about, you know, just um, the, the tallness of you. <laughs> and um, and God was just reminding me that like there's no gaps when you're around and that he's, that he's going to give you the ability to to see a gap and you've got an answer, you've got a solution, you've got a word. And um, in Proverbs, it says that, um, you know, it's the words of like, there'll be words of wisdom. It's totally just words of wisdom. And Proverbs 17 verse 27 was what God impressed upon my heart for you today. And also from the book of Titus, um, just about how you're going to exhort young men and other people, just so not just men, but that's how it was written. But um, you're going to exhort people into truth and you're going to lead them into an understanding of God that they didn't have before. And, and so there's words of knowledge and wisdom that God's just going to download into your heart that you're going to then have the authority to speak into other places because of your humility and your genuineness. So Holy God, I seal your word in his heart right now and I declare that he will speak your truth with boldness into every scenario, into every situation. There'll be no holding back, no shrinking. There'll be a, a tallness in the spirit that matches the tallness of stature. And I just declare your grace, your favor, your love. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Uh, Jason, I uh, sense the Lord is also imparting to you a fresh anointing in the area of your intimacy with the Lord, that not only uh, is he expanding you in, in, in around the area of ministry, but he's deepening you in the area of intimacy with him. So just open your heart to receive a fresh impartation of that. Awesome. So let's just pray for the whole family. Why don't you stretch out your hands? Father, we thank you for the sergeants. We thank you, Lord, for who they are in the life of the church. And Father, we just, again, we bless them. Father, we pray your protection over them, over Jason, Tammy, Sophie, and Jed. Lord, we thank you for the joy that they bring into the life of the church. We thank you for the gifts and the grace that they bring and, and what you've planted in them into the life of the church. And Father, we just thank you for their uh, family and we pray protection over them, Lord. May they continue to step into everything, Lord, that you have called them to do. And we thank you, Lord, for the, the overflow of their heart into their, their wider family as well, Lord, for their, their parents, their brothers, their sisters, their um Cousins, Lord, and niece and nephews, Father, we also bless them and pray, Lord, that you'd use them also, Lord, to continue to love and reach uh, further than they could ever believe in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Hey, why don't we give the sergeants a hand? Awesome. So I just thought, you know, with another pastor on staff, he can finish the service. <laughs> Who reckons? So, oh, by the way, here's your, um, here's your uh, certificate. So we made it official. <laughs> oh. All right, so I'll hand over the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. 
How about just while I sit up and give someone a high five across the room, ear high five, make eye contact. It's cool. Hey, yeah, um, thank you, and special uh, thank you uh, to my to my family who are here with us today, to, to mum and dad, Brian and Glenda, Sergeant, my sister Amanda, um, obviously Tammy and the kids, uh, but also some friends uh, who are with us, uh, Chris and Anna, thank you for, for coming along, all my church friends, uh, and also Dawn and Bruce, my in-laws, but also to you, Pastor Will and, and Pastor Desiree, thank you for everything that you've uh, equipped me with, uh, the wisdom, the encouragement, uh, the patience, um, yeah, I really appreciate you guys and yeah, what you've done um, for us as a family, so thank you. Awesome. Um, yeah, Pastor Will asked me to share a bit of, um, I guess, my, my testimony, life story, and as I was sort of thinking about it, I remember one of the, the verses or one of the stories in the Bible which really kind of, uh, to me, uh, is a, an example or a, a greater um, a great story of, of Jesus' character and, and how it's been uh, portrayed in my life or how it's uh, come worked out. Uh, so I'm going to share from Matthew 14, 22 through to 33. And this is a, the story of when Peter uh, walked on water. So starting at 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus, made, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out with his hand and caught him. Oh, you have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And then they climbed back into the boat, and the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. You know, there's two parts of the, the story that, that, to me, really tell the story of how Jesus ha has been in my life. The first, uh, obviously, when, as Peter was starting to sink, he cried out, and immediately, it says, immediately, Jesus reached out and saved him. You know, there's been times when, when it feels like things have been getting to sink, and I'm going to talk a little bit about those, but immediately Jesus has reached out. The second part is, is as they got back into the boat, and with the presence of Jesus, the storm calmed. So as Jesus got into the boat, the storm calmed. And again, as I'll share shortly, throughout my life when there's been various storms, various circumstances, there has been a calming nature because of who Jesus is in my life and what he's done for me. So to start the story, back in 1982, I was born. Don't worry, we're not going to do it year by year. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, actually. <laughs> uh, but, but jump forward a few years and, um, at primary school, and, and some of my friends were going along to Boys Brigade. For those who don't know, Boys Brigade is a little bit like Scarts, but with faith. Uh, and so as part of that, you went to uh, church. 
and by going to church, you got a badge. So basically, I went to church to get a badge at the end of the year. Didn't really fully realize what was going on, but it was a lot of fun playing with my friends after church. Uh, but, but where that ultimately ended up was in 1998, again, not that long ago, uh, I was at a, uh, a boys' brigade camp, and it's at Lakeland Park Christian Camp where we go for T2, pretty phenomenal camp. And there was a guy there, Andy Kabbalah, and he was sharing his testimony, his, his life, and, and, and the Word of God. And by about the second night, I started really paying attention to what he was saying, because he was telling a pretty remarkable story about this guy Jesus he knew, and about how Jesus came into his life and brought, brought healing for his cancer, but brought hope to that entire situation. And so by the end of camp, on the final night, uh, there was an opportunity uh, to, to be saved, to, to commit my life to, to Jesus. And so I put up my hand and we, and we said a prayer and, and it was awesome and, you know, continued on and came home from camp and continued going to church for a couple of years anyway. But then, you know, things, various things happen in life sometimes and became a little bit distant from Jesus, the relationship. Uh, he, he was still good, but, but I'd sort of gone a little bit distant from him. And that all up for about another 10 years and then met this wonderful person at Dunedin City Council, now known as my wife, Tammy, <laughs> who invited me along to her church, Flirt to Convert. Uh, <laughs> nah. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, went along to church and again uh, there and through praise and worship and through the message, and, and as the service went on, it was like the, my heart started racing faster, started beating more. And I realized about the end of the service, as the pastor there gave that opportunity again to respond, that that was Jesus knocking again, saying, Jesus, I'm here. And just as he lifted Peter up out of the water, there his hands was, and I felt that grasp of Jesus around me as he embraced me. And, and from that moment, from that moment, you know, Jesus has been part of my life. And it's been so awesome. You know, just want to share, and, and like how Pastor Will mentioned earlier, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, you know, it's not on our own understanding, but it's to trust in the Lord. And there's been a number of times throughout my life uh, since then where it's, it's not my own understanding, it's not my own thinking, but it's to actually trust in Jesus. So many of you all know here about, about Sophie, and, her, and she's got a serious heart defect and has had surgeries and, and things like that up in Auckland. And it really occurred to me in, in one of the meetings that we're having with an anaesthetist just prior to her double switch. And he got to a point in the meeting with Tammy and I, it's, you know, where we get briefed on what's going to happen and sign the consents and all that sort of stuff. And he goes, you guys realize, like, this is one of the most complicated surgeries we do here at Starship. Usually parents, when I'm talking to them, are full of nerves, uh, anxious, uh, fretting out, all of that stuff. But, but you guys seem kind of calm about this entire situation. And it was that realization that, that yeah, and, you know, in the, in the flesh, we're, you know, nervous as this is a scary moment. But, but we could trust in Jesus because we knew Jesus was for us. Jesus was for us. A couple of years ago, I went on a mission trip to India. It was an awesome time, encouraging anyone to go on, on one of these trips. But, but as you go 
through and you kind of know in the back of your mind that, um, you know, sometimes the Indian authorities are just a little bit funny about, about religious teams coming in and stuff like that. And, and you go up to the immigration desk and you, you're standing there looking at this immigration officer and he's done to ask you questions about what your purpose is for being in the country and where you're going, where you're visiting. Uh, but again, in the flesh, it's like, man, this is scary. But, but knowing Jesus is for me, knowing that Jesus has this in control, it brings a calm to the situation. It calms the storm that I feel like I'm in. There was a time at work when, you know, there was a bit of bullying going on in the workplace long before I worked at church, by the way. <laughs> long before. Uh, but, it was, but it was that, you know, again, going through a storm, but knowing that Jesus had it in control. And, and, and even now, as I reflect back on that time, and the time with Sophie and, and, and the heart stuff, and, and, and the time when I was... Uh, you know, in India and then to, to long God, but all those times are now built me up to, to what I know, to, to how I know Jesus in my life. Through, through times of financial stress, when, you know, dropping an income as, as we, we have baby and, and stuff like that, it's, but it's knowing that God provides. It's the knowing. It's the knowing. Perhaps if the team wants to jump up and join me. Which gets me to today. And the question of, of what today is, is about in my journey. See, and I started to think about, well, what does becoming a pastor mean? And on the way down, we were talking to Sophie and Jed about it, and we're like, oh, well, maybe you become spaghetti or fettuccine. <laughs> That's not what I've been. <laughs> but it's also, also, to me, it's not a job. Because, because a job to me would suggest that there's going to be a time when, when I resign or retire from what I'm doing. But, but to me, just the, the accepting this, the, to be a pastor, is about a lifelong decision. It's about how I want to live my life. Because, see, I've seen in my life where Jesus has done phenomenal things, where he's got us through storms, where he's brought calm, where he's been loving, where we've known his grace, where we've known his favor. And so... I want to share that with every person that I know. And so today is about saying, yes, I want to be a person who champions Jesus. I want to be a person who champions others, to encourage them, to love on them, to support them through stuff, to sit and pray with them, to believe with them. That's what today is about for me. It's about making a decision to always be that person throughout the rest of my life. You know, when I talked about attending church before, and one of the things about going along as a, as a young person in church as a kid uh, is memory verses or memory scripture. I remember at church, and once you learned your memory scripture, uh, you got a Bible. And it took me quite a few weeks to, to learn that and think about how I was going to say it, because you can't always speak all that well some of the time. But I eventually got there, and and got the, the Bible and Good News Bible. It's like, yeah, I got the Good News version. <laughs> but but what, the, what the Good News is, is, is it's the story of how Jesus came to save us. How in, in this broken world that it was, that Jesus was sent because God so loved us all. So Jesus came died on a cross, rose again 
that we may live in freedom, that we may know the joy, that we may know the peace, that we may have eternal life. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.